This is Shane Warren. Make sure you plough on. Still plumbing, CC. Plough on, guys. It's too much. We didn't win the link by accident. We did that by design. It was very much planned. I just try to get it in the right spot, really, and see what happens. He said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, ball near bouncer. We spent for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Hello and welcome to the Thanks for Coming podcast. My name's Liam and I'm joined again here today by Matt Bolshaw. Matt's on the other side of London, joining me on Zoom. How are you? Yeah, I'm really good, mate. I'm really excited for this one. It's good to be back together, our first podcast together in what feels like a very long time. Uh, but it's really good to be back involved. We've got four games to talk through this weekend, uh, three losses and one win, but so much more than that to unpack. Excellent. And I wonder if we'll ever be bowling together again. Uh, as most of you will know by now, once upon a time, we made up one of the greatest fast bowling partnerships in cricketing history. We did. One day, maybe we'll bowl again. Perhaps on tour. Maybe on tour. <laughs> That would be nice. Now, um, as has been the case the last few weeks, we do have some very, very special guests for you today. So, Matt, who else have we got on the show? Yeah, we are joined by Lewis Wilby, Daisy Duke, King of the Castle himself. <laughs> He's here with us today. And also a bloke without a nickname, but by no means less adored. We are also joined by Will Stevens. Welcome to the podcast, boys. Hi guys. Cheers lads, thanks for having us. Gents, thanks very much for coming. Good, so we've got that, we're going to talk to the boys about the games this weekend. We've also got all your usual fancy updates, Sledge of the Week and some breaking quiche news. <laughs> James Tosato has been in touch, we will be talking quiches later on. Get excited. Yeah, we, we could consider potentially changing this podcast from Plowman's Thanks for Coming just to a quiche-related thanks to come in podcast, if the content keeps coming. Nice. That's what we've got coming up for you. But first of all, I think we're going to get to know our guests a little bit better. Yeah, absolutely. So we've mentioned nicknames already. Um, Lewis, we'll start with you. You've been around a little longer. How did you join the club? So it was uh, probably my third week of moving down here. And I was just going for a nice little walk around my uh, local village. And um, I saw a nice cricket game on and was like, oh, I'll go join the local cricket team. This will be great. I'll, uh, I'll get to know them. Saw some lads practicing in the nets, batting. Went over. It was uh, Mo and Naraj. <laughs> Threw a couple of balls down at Naraj. He was like, oh, mate, you should come down to the nets. And I was like, yeah, no problem. It's just around the corner from me. And he was like, oh, no, we train in Dulwich. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, to be fair, I don't mind it. Came down for a couple of net sessions. Absolutely loved it. Not going to leave. <laughs> what glowing Fantastic. Not going to leave. And also, like, what an introduction to the club. Meeting Niraj and Mohammed first up. What a dream introduction. It, it was great. No, no surprises there that you're sticking around. Um, Will, same question to you. How did you join the club? Yeah, so uh, I guess mine's not quite as exciting as that. Um, I moved down to London just a couple of months ago. Um, and Tom Lane, a friend of the show, I know, um, he, he's a friend of mine from school and, uh, just sort of said, come down, get involved. So I came down to the nets and then, yeah, that's it. That's where we are now, I guess. Excellent. Great use of the term friend of the show. 
you've both become friends of the show now as well so you can wear that badge of honor uh, with pride um lewis another one for you now very quick one but who's your favorite plowman oh, i was thinking about this before you uh before i came on and i've got to go for surrey such a such a great lad great shout great shout behind the stumps as well when you're bowling down to him oh it gives it some energy behind there and it, it pumps you up it's great he's a great lad <laughs> Excellent. And Will, same question for you in your in your brief sort of uh, brief plowman's career so far. Who has impressed the most? And you can't say Tom Lane. I wasn't going to. No worries about that. Um, <laughs> I, um, I would say for me, uh, Leon Parks. Uh, I've been lucky enough to play sort of the first three games with him and he's captained and um, he's just class captain, gets everyone involved. Game's always alive when he's on the field. Um, and I've been lucky enough to bat with him in the middle as well. And he just makes batting look so, so easy. Um, aspire to look like that one day. Amazing. Great shout out for Leon there. Um, and then last question for the two of you. Lewis, going to you first again. What has been your biggest highlight so far? After getting my nickname, I have to, uh, <laughs> I'd have to go with the, the, the club day at the end of the last year. The rest of the world... Um, versus England and Ireland um, just because I hit a couple of sixes in that game and that's it <laughs> I'm not a batter probably never will be but shout out to Iona who came up with the nickname Daisy Jukes <laughs> nice and then Will just to round this section off what's your in your again in your brief career what is your main highlight so far um, I'd probably say the club day from the start of this season with like being new and everything um it was class getting to meet loads of more like loads more of the players um and sort of just getting involved and like meeting and seeing how lovely everyone was that is the beauty of the plow meet someone new every yeah. single week <laughs> without fail good right so sounds like we know the boys a little bit better now club Let's days doing have a bits look. as well always a good event for plowmen try yeah. and get one in at the start of the season one at the end um always a fan's favorite when COVID permits, there's always spectators down there, families, dogs, etc. Um, so if you haven't treated yourself to one of them yet, keep an eye out on the fixture list later in the season. At this point, we'll move on and have a look at our first game of last weekend. So first game, as always, that we're going to go through from the weekend was Saturday's league game. And then luckily for us, both of our special guests today were playing in that game. So... Boys, uh, don't know, we'll go to Will first. Uh, talk us through who was skipper, what happened at the toss, and what happened first innings. Yeah, uh, so Tiss was captain. Um, I believe we won the toss and we bowled first. Um, really good bowling performance and fielding all round. Everyone was really tight in the field. It was the first league game I've played, and I sort of loved being part of sort of it was a bit of a higher intensity everyone was really on the money in the field which was good um puff bowled really well uh, i think he took two or three wickets um lewis bowled well as well and we restricted them to one four seven uh for nine so close to getting them all out but uh not quite in the end um so yeah that's how the first innings went that's a that's a classic um plowman's decision that bowl first early season <laughs> bit of moisture around try and restrict them yeah it, it paid off every bowler got a, got a wicket so what more could you want yeah good so the boys did well and then Lewis talks through the second half 
how did we should have done this the other way around? I should have asked the bowler about the bowling and the batting about the batting. But <laughs> no, <Nah, laughs> I think you've got it right there, mate. Through, talk, talk us through the second innings. Uh, so the second innings looked like it started off pretty well. Um, it was uh, Hicko and Brito who went out to start off with, and they it looked like they were setting out a pretty decent foundation. But um, they had one really good spinner who opened up, um, who I played against later. He was ragging it as the pitch started to deteriorate a bit. But the ball just stopped bouncing throughout that innings. I think probably half of our players got out to balls which didn't come above their ankles. Um, And then we just had a bit of a collapse towards the end. Our, Our tail didn't really get enough runs to carry us through to the end of the game. And that's how it it ended up but Fred came through and, and stayed in from five pretty much till the end and ended on a, a very good 49 but unfortunately that still is a drug a drug uh, a drug <laughs> a drug <laughs> <a drug for laughs> avoidance yeah drug avoidance from yeah. Fred uh, on 49 but I think he batted really well um just a bit a bit of a classic case of the Hollies doing some funny things and it starts to dry out I reckon yeah Nice. So, um, controversial opinion that actually, Bush. Holly's. Um, well, I said this on Saturday and no one else seemed to agree with me. So I'm yeah. starting to think it was maybe just me who thinks that it does that. I think maybe you've just imagined that. Uh, my memory of the Hollies is that it can be a bit spicy up top and then pretty much flattens out as the day goes on, usually. I, yeah, I think when it rains and then it starts to dry out, if it's either drying out or getting wet. That's when it's fine, but then once it's... Oh, I don't know, that's a load of rubbish. Anyway, any other highlights from after the game? <laughs> what we are saying about the Hollies is pretty rare that you get a road down there that plays consistently across two innings. <laughs> yeah, either way, whatever happens. A couple keeping low is pretty par for the course. Right, yeah, so, someone please tell me about after the game. It was a, it was a pretty good after-game spectacle, I'd say. It was uh, Liam Grazer's eighth birthday of the week, I heard. And uh, <laughs> so the team went down to the, uh, the clubhouse to uh, get a couple of jugs in. And, uh, and then the uh, local groundsman, Jake, thought it'd be a great idea to get some fireworks out as well. So we all enjoyed some fireworks at about half ten at night, which was uh, amazing. <laughs> I think we all thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah, that was pretty good. So I left just as the fireworks were finishing and then got home to a load of messages um, showing a topless photo shoot. Will, can can you talk us through what happened there and whose idea that was? (laughs) Well, well, I was actually much the same as you. I was in my Uber home uh, and just started seeing all these WhatsApps come through (laughs) these pictures and... I don't know. I just started wondering what the hell was going on now that I'd left. I think um, I think possibly uh, Daisy Dukes was the inspiration for it. Rolling up is already <laughs> incredibly short shorts. Um, he does love his short shorts. <laughs> accentuating the hot pant look, and he and he's managed to kind of um, fold his t-shirt inside out on itself to to form a bit of a crop top. And was prancing around the place asking for photos to be taken. Um, I think I'm not that sure kind of... it... <laughs> I'm not sure it went like that, Liam. But <laughs> it's our podcast. We make up stories. <laughs> and I think that was the inspiration for uh, a couple of others who didn't need too much persuading. A uh, friend of the show, Max Gumpert, for one. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen anyone take their kit off as quick as he did that night. 
He was uh, very happy to have his plan in that day, I must say. Yeah, I think it was just a lot of overly excited men having received their their baggy blue. Oh dear, yeah, and there was a lot lot of um a lot of chest hair on show as well. I thought it was a good uh, good selection of chest hair. So well done to the boys. Right, so to sum that up, um, bowled pretty well. Liam's got another point though. Yeah, bowled pretty well. Um, batting wasn't quite there. I think that's that's kind of how we summarise that one, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. The last point I wanted to make on that one was the song. So uh, fireworks, nudity, and excitement at DSG. Check out the so check out the WhatsApp channels for anyone who who, who missed out on that any any of that. But we did also get a fair amount of club song in there. Long awaited club song. Many have tried, many have tried, many have failed, and it seems like our very own Matt Bolshaw is trying to take credit for this, coming up with the lyrics to this uh, song, which might have been kicking around since France tour. Is that right, Bush? Yeah, it was around when Liverpool won the Champions League and they were singing the Ale 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 song, and uh, I think it was me and Spencer walking down that really long road. In uh, oh, I can't remember the name of the place now, but where we went to TNT, and there's that really long Marmonde in the south of France, and it sort of came from there. We I think it was raining, and we were running down the street, and we made up the lyrics to that. So that, that's where it came from. It, it it lied low for a little while, but good to see it making a bit of a resurgence. <laughs> Maybe it'll catch on this year. Seemed to be a big hit on Saturday night. So for our Aussie contingent who genuinely love a song, get involved in that. And for the committee, this is coming at you. Nice. Right, so club song back on the agenda. Good with the ball, not quite as good with the bat. And that, I think, sums up Saturday. And now we're going to move on to talk about Sunday and the hot return, the much-anticipated return of one player in particular. Return of Spencer. Return of Spencer Here comes a fan favourite ploughman 21 months set back Shine all the mirrors out at Dulwich Plough's prettiest boy is back You've gotta want it Return of Spencer Excitement's grown We'll put up numbers Get in the zone Been gone for too long Off the field he's sat With a hand flick and about twirl Our boy is coming back Thank you to Yanni for that wonderful musical introduction and of course to let everyone know that this weekend was the return of Matt Spencer friend of the show Matt Spencer who's been back after a pretty lengthy absence because of some knee issues um so Will is going to talk us through this one Spencer's return came in the game against Agricola who I think are a first time fixture but by all accounts I want to keep for the future they were they're a good group of guys were they yeah it was a really good game um really tight from start to finish uh so we batted first and it was a bit of a similar story to the game on Saturday top order collapsed early um, but there's some good contributions Hector got 29 uh, and Spencer on his 
famous return, hit a six off his very first ball, uh, easy as you like, Makes, made it look as if he'd been netting for the last 22 months, not sat in bed. <laughs> um, so he chipped in there, and Damon as well has to get a massive mention. He smashed a six um, over the longest boundary, which automatically beat his previous high score, which I believe was five. <laughs> um, and he, he went on. He went on to get twenty three and batted incredibly well and looked really good out there. Um, so yeah, we finished off on a hundred and thirteen, um, and then when it came to fielding. Um, good performance. We took wickets early on. Uh, Damon bowled really well, opening the bowling. Uh, Hector, Ollie Lonsdale, both bowled well. Um, and Spencer himself uh, got a couple of wickets. Um, but unfortunately, it wasn't quite meant to be. With two overs to go, Agricola needed just seven runs. Um, and then Hector bowled a maiden in the oh. penultimate over. So <laughs> moment, big moment for him. Um, and then, unfortunately, uh, they got the winning runs off the fifth ball of the final over. So, really went down to the wire, um, but was a great performance by everyone. Um, and I th- thought everyone fielded and sort of energy was really good in the field all day to get us as close as we did from defending such a low total. My understanding is there was um, a bit of guest captaincy in that game. Yeah, so uh, Sai um, somehow pulled an injury while sat on the bench. So <laughs> Adil came in uh, as a guest a guest appearance and Hector took over captaincy from halfway. So um, yeah, he did a really good job. Uh, second innings, keeping everyone on our toes um, to get us as close as we did. Unfortunately, he didn't quite get over the line. Great to see friend of the show, Hector, doing so well. Um, he's put in some brilliant performances for, for Plough in the past couple of years. And then off the back of 37, might have even been 37, not out last week. He's back in form, looking dangerous with a bat. Captain in the side on the field. We'd love to see it. Nice, good. So that was our roundup of Agricola. Did anything else happen on the day? Anything else noteworthy for that one? Nothing springs to mind except for Damon Six, to be honest. It's, it's all I can think about. <laughs> did, the, did the crowd go wild? Yeah, big time. There was a big applause. Um, and yeah, it was just absolutely swatted away. Cow corner area. Um, longest boundary and job done. I think there's a out. video on the chat which uh, which shows the big strikes, if anyone's interested. <laughs> yeah, great to, to see them, great to see the Nets paying off as well for Damon, who's... Very, very talented bowler, but um, all that batting and nets is paying off as well, so that's great to see. Um, should we move on at this point, Bush, and have a look yeah, at our next so. Sunday game, which I believe was away at Weybridge. Lewis Wilby, Daisy Dukes, played away at Weybridge. Lewis, tell us, who was captain? So uh, Grant was captaining us on, uh, on Sunday, and he went out and uh, I think he lost the toss. And we elected for us. Well, they elected for us to go into bat first. Okay, is like that a, a contra? Was that a controversial decision? No, it seemed like a very nice uh, pitch to bat on. It was, it was, it was a road to be fair, and there were runs to score. But I, I think there was there was a bit of a mix up with the starting times. So uh, we thought we were starting at one. They thought we were starting at two. 
So their captain came down and just asked if, <laughs> as soon as they all arrive, we just they just go straight out to bowl, and uh, we do as best we can in the in the with the bat. Fair enough. It's it's not the first time that's happened, and I I'll be surprised if it was the last. So, uh, plan was batted first. Opposition skipper potentially not showing too much confidence in his batting lineup. How did we go with the bat, Lewis? We uh, did very well indeed. Alex, Julian, Cake opening up with um, Max Wright and new Netta. And uh, both batted extremely well. Max got off to a very good start with uh, with Alex, but unfortunately got out for around uh, 15. And Alex just took hold of the ropes from there. He was hitting the ball wherever you can imagine a ball to be hit on that pitch. He was going left, right, centre, over the keeper, over the bowler. It was it was an incredible show. And uh, he finished with a, an amazing 102 not out. Not out. Carried not his bat. Red ink for the cake. A number one going all the way. Don't see that very often, do you? And uh, then Surrey obviously came in, keeping his form for the season, scored a very good 30-plus, and so did Grant. And, th- and that's all we needed. And it took us to about 224 off our 40 overs. Brilliant performance that, especially after being after being put in. Um, seen Cake play some beautiful shots already this season, uh, so good to see him kick on. Plenty more runs from him, I'm sure. Um, I think there's. So- an, I'm just thinking, Liam. I think there's a new nickname in there, but I can't quite work out what it is. Because if Cake is scoring hundreds, something to do with hundreds and thousands and sprinkles. I think we start calling him Sprinkles from now on. <laughs> Right. It's work, but I think I can, there's I think there's something there. I can, I can see where you yeah, I can see where you're going with that one. Um if anyone of our listeners uh has a lot more creativity than me or Matt Bolshaw, which probably isn't difficult, and you can make something work with that, please email us in at hello at plamcc.com and let us know. So, um two hundred and twenty three seems like a decent score. Lewis, was it enough? Um, in the end, it, it was enough. And I think that's down to one man in particular, and that is Trent. Unbelievable bowling from him in the second innings. He was taking wickets like I've never seen before. Unbelievable. I think he finished for about five for 20 off five overs. It was oh, five overs as well. Five oh, overs, yeah. And I think he didn't get a wicket in his first two. And the last three, they were just dropping left, right and centre. He, he was loving it out there. What a day for Trent. <laughs> Go on, T-Rex. What was he doing with the ball? What, how did he I, manage that? It, it was swinging. It was swinging it miles. He had great shape on it. I think three of his wickets were just clipping the top of off. Absolutely beautiful bowling wickets. You, you couldn't expect any, anything more. And uh, we kept it tight in the field as well. Tom Lockard had a uh, had a bit of a I can't think of the word now. <laughs> he, he wanted to. Uh, he had a couple of overs and wanted to pull himself off, as he told Grant. Uh, <laughs> he said, "Grant, I'm not going to get this guy out. Take me off." Grant proceeded to put him on anyway, and he bowled five absolutely gorgeous wicket-taking deliveries. And on the last ball of the over just took his middle stump out. And it was probably one of the best overs I've ever seen from a, 
a, a wicket keeper. <laughs> yeah, and he's quick, isn't he, Lockhart? He bowls surprisingly quick. And he's, he's darting and down. Great captaincy from Grant. Excellent skipperage there. Now, I've got in my notes here, uh, Matt Bolshaw has written, Keogh, Lockhart and Woolwich, all with a wicket. All with very good wickets as well. You don't often see Lockhart, Keogh and Woolwich in the wickets in the same year, let alone the same game. <laughs> Listen, that is, that is not my words. They're, they're the words of Bob Keogh himself, who was so surprised uh, at, at what had gone on that day that uh, he couldn't wait to tell me. He also said that um, Lockhart, Keogh, Grant and Trent all went in the same car. So that was eight wick- eight wickets in one motor was the way that Bob put it to me. So that that car was absolutely flying that day. <laughs> we'll have to find out what tunes they were listening to on the way to the game. <laughs> yeah, who was DJ? Yeah. Friend of the show, Trent. Great to see him in the wickets. Um, were there any other highlights from that day, Lewis? After after the match, as we as we came off from bowling, Lockhart was commenting on on Bob's great wicket, and uh, forgot he took it one himself, um, which I thought was <laughs> was quite funny. And what you don't usually see from a bowler, um, as one myself, I can assure you that I count every run and every wicket on that pitch. <laughs> <laughs> so very surprising from him <laughs> great feedback from Keogh there as well throwing Grant under the bush uh, <laughs> under the bus there who's taken plenty of wickets from Batman's over the year so I don't quite know why he's been lumped in with that um, before we hear from uh, a little snippet from one of the, the players of the day um, is there anything else to cover off on that one Lewis not from my memory no right then well in that case, let's hear from the man of the moment, or one of the men of the moment, Alex Julian, Cake, before we move on to our third Sunday fixture and the final game of the weekend, Streatham and Marlborough. Hello to all you player listeners out there. This is Alex. Uh, Trent has asked me to uh, record my responses to some questions regarding my uh, involvement in yesterday's fixture out at Weybridge, where I was fortunate enough to score some runs. So I'll quickly run through those questions and my responses for you guys. Uh, First question, how was it out in the middle? Well, first of all, I'd say it was very hot. Um, I guess that shows that I've properly acclimatised English weather, given the temperature didn't probably exceed 23 degrees. Although I must say it was very enjoyable being out there and batting with some really quality batsmen that our side put out yesterday the likes of Suri, Student, and Rowan making his debut. Uh, they were all very supportive, and it was good to build some partnerships with them. Uh, I can tell you that I'm definitely paying the price today as my body is absolutely wrecked, so I'm looking forward to when normal service can resume and I, I start scoring my single-digit figures again. Uh, I actually got my first COVID jab yesterday, which probably hasn't helped. Uh, I thought that because I hadn't been in the best nick, I wouldn't be at risk of being out there for too long, so that's why I was happy to, to get it on a Sunday morning. However, given yesterday's uh, result, I'm thinking whether or not I can ask the government if I can get vaccinated every week in the morning before cricket, if it helps me replicate yesterday's performance. Um, my favourite shot of the day would have been not any, it actually didn't score me any runs, it was this cover drive that, that, I, that I actually middled and off the front foot and I, I smacked it straight to cover um, and it was no run, but 
I find when I'm playing that shot well, even if it is doesn't score any run, I feel like my feet are moving and I'm seeing the ball well. So I think that's always a good sign for, for, for better and greater things to come in the innings if, if I'm hitting that shot well. Uh, in terms of my highest score before yesterday's innings, uh, for the player it was only a, a measly 23 runs. So it was nice to more than quadruple that yesterday. Uh, I don't think I've adjusted to the English pitches yet as well, but I think yesterday is hopefully a sign of things to come as the season progresses. Uh, it was actually my first time for the plough and hopefully not the last, but as I said, it's a, it was very rewarding to, to score some runs yesterday and to, and to be involved in a win. Uh, what do I think is easier, batting or bowling? Uh, as much as I would love to say bowling, uh, the stats would suggest otherwise. Uh, it's funny that you should ask this question as I, I'm probably coming off one of the, the lowlights of my uh, cricketing, cricketing, cricketing career last week where I forgot how to bowl in my one solitary over. Uh, and we can compare that to, to yesterday's fixture where I was able to probably have one of the highlights of my cricketing career. But that just shows the game, the ups and downs of the game and, and, uh, and, and you've got to ride the lows, with the, have the good with the bad and, 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 and hopefully there's more positives and good good outcomes and results as the season goes on. But I'm hoping that uh, as the season progresses, all teams in the, in the club can continue to, to play well and play, play strong and, and get around each other because it's always great when um, we can enjoy each other's results and, and, and uh, we celebrate individual milestones and, and team wins um, whenever they do come along. So hopefully that's enough. And if you need any more questions or answered, I'd be happy to help. Cheers, Alex. So... That was Alex Julian there talking through some questions sent to him by uh, by a friend of the show, Trent. My probably my highlight there is uh, Cake saying basically that cricket is so easy. His favourite shot from his 102 not out was a dot ball, uh, which just goes to show goes to show how well he was seeing it on on Sunday. Uh, right, final game of the weekend, Streatham and Marlborough. So, Liam, you were playing in this one. Talk us through who was in charge on the day. Leon Parks was in charge. Really good-looking team we took over there, looking for a bit of revenge from a few weeks before. Leon's won the toss and, with a strong batting line-up, has sent us out to bat. Nice. Yeah, looking to get some revenge from... I think it was quite a close loss a couple of weeks ago. So, batting first, how did we get on? A bit of a normally pretty good batting deck down there so how do we go yeah so it wasn't anything like as easy to score on as I remember it from the end of the, the season before um, outfield was quite long and it was quite slow not that many went for four um, and the the pitch wasn't quite as quick and consistent as it had been um, as I say when we went there before so we had to dig in at the beginning and Really, I think at drinks we were 62 for th- for three or something. So the, the batsman done well. To, is that right? 62 for none? 62 for one? Uh, openers anyway did well to stick around in, in what were some quite tough conditions really and some tight bowling. Um, and then it was Chris and Leon who put on a big partnership after drinks really accelerated the run rate with some unbelievable batting um, at both ends and gave us a, a fairly decent score I think something pretty good to bowl at I think we're 193 for six at the end of the innings that's uh, Chris Butlin 66 off the back of a couple of scores and Leon 71 and that really was a, 
of batting masterclass at times. I went out to umpire at the end and I was itching to get out there just because I wanted the best seat in the house to watch how well they were playing. Shots in the air. They they waited for, for the balls to hit against really fairly tidy attack. And Leon, as we mentioned before in particular, just making batting look so easy. And, and Chris showing some serious class again. Yeah, nice. More runs for Chris, who I think has been called up to the league side off the back of this form. So well done to him. So 193 for six at the halfway stage. Above par, par. How How is everyone feeling? I think given where we'd been at drinks, we, we thought we'd probably overachieved in the second half of our innings. Um, and looking at the pitch on the day, the the track and the outfield, I think we thought if we bowled really well and fielded well, we'd probably just about had enough. Stretman Marlborough always put a good, good side out against us, so it wasn't going to be easy. Yeah, nice. Well, well, how did we get on? Were we above par? We were not. Um, and I think it was a bit of a mixed bowling spell, really. The energy was good in the field, and uh, we were backed up pretty well by the fielders. The combination of some quite destructive batting, really, from the opposition, and also a kind of mixed bowling performance from most of us. So... Uh, Hopper, myself, um, Leo, we all bowled some really good balls and some good overs and also bowled some loose stuff as well, which they really capitalised on. Um, the slower bowlers kept it, managed to keep it a bit tight, tighter, Niraj and uh, Reese bowled really well three overs, uh, one wicket for hardly anything. Um, so there were there were bits of kind of brilliance in there, and then and then there were bits that just really weren't tight enough, and they got off to quite a good start, and it, and it was always going to be difficult from there. But it was a valiant effort in the field. Yeah, rumor has it you you actually took some wickets and scored your first fancy points of the season. Is that true? That's not true. I scored my first fancy points of the season in the first week with a not out with a bat. So thanks for that. Um, not 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 out. <laughs> <laughs> got a couple of wickets yet and it was good to be back out there bowling um, first couple of overs were a bit tough and as I mentioned in the interview after the game the energy in the field and the support from the lads uh, who were who, uh, you know, in the field the keeper and, and the slips and, and everyone else really lifted, lifted the performance levels and um, that's probably that's probably what gave me the energy and the the fight to go and um, to fight back a bit and, and bowl probably five half-decent overs in the middle there um, and, and give us a bit of a sniff. And just remind me what it is that I, I love about playing for Plamers so much again, really, because it's, it's, it's been a little while. <laughs> nice. Good. Any other highlights from on the day? Um, yeah, there were plenty of things going on. I think one of the... One of the highlights has to be um, that Streatham and Marlborough overrate, who seem to change the field pretty much after every delivery. Um, on more than two occasions, there was a bowling change and uh, the opposition set the field for the beginning of the over. Bowler ran in and bowled a wide on the first delivery and immediately reset the field. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Leon mentioned to me actually that in the first hour he reckons they bowled 11 overs. So, a bit of a painful one. I asked Leon at one point, I said to him, What's the penalty for slow over rate on a Sunday? 
And he just said, well, they're going to have to bat in the dark. (laughs) 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 Typically laid back response from the skipper. Um, What hell's happened down there? We had, oh, Matt Hopper um, bowled a really good before drinks. Um, and the figures wouldn't suggest that because their their top batsman, who who's very very attacking player, was swinging through the line and and balls were flying about the place off all of us really for a couple of overs, and Hopper just stuck. He put his ego to one side for the team, which is not always like him, and he just stuck to his guns and everyone was backing him and there was a few boundaries going here and there, and then. Uh, he just smashed the top of off a middle stump. Everyone went wild. And uh, again, that was a kind of moment where for a bit we thought we were back in it. Uh, in the end, it wasn't quite enough. They bowled tighter than us. They didn't give our batsmen as much of a chance to hit the ball. And when it came down to it, they, they, they capitalised on, on the short balls. And, you know, we were outplayed on the day. Fair enough. So another loss for the Sunday boys, but we go again next week. Thank you for that, Liam. And now I think we're going to move on to our fantasy section. Moving on to our fantasy section of the show, which I know a lot of people enjoy, probably more so hearing from our guests than they do hearing from us. Um, before we get to our guest today, Matt Bolshaw, who's top of the fantasy league? So, as usual... Trent is still at the top with his jugs all round team, but unbelievable. Only just he's literally four points above Leon, so it's very, very tight at the top. Trent, how do you do it? Um, Leon Parks, who's got a bit of degree on fantasy as well, because he often does well in the uh, the fantasy football. So keep an eye on his team. Um, who was the best team of the week? Uh, Rahul had the best team this week with his Royal Strikers. I think he notched up 700 points or so so well done to him it's nice to see a new name at the top of the weekly charts nice one Rahul uh, injured on Sunday against Streatham and Marlborough as well he didn't bat or bowl on the day but the energy that he brought to the performance and, and after the game was phenomenal um, right who had the best week in terms of players so no surprises at the top, uh, but it's just which player came where. Uh, so Cake actually led the charts with his hundreds. He he knock, notched up 167 points, and Trent with his five was just behind on 165. So well done, boys. That's awesome. Did Cake get any catches in there as well? Do you know? Yeah, he got a, uh, a catch on oh, mid He still hasn't oh, dropped one, go. has he? Still hasn't dropped one yeah. for Plough. All right, that's a bit of a roundup. Um, for Our upcoming weekend, as we like to do, uh, we'd like to invite our guests to share some tips. So, starting with Will, who do you? Who's your tip for this coming weekend in the fantasy league? Um, I would say after last weekend's antics, uh, it's got to be Damon, uh, new all rounder. I reckon Um, runs in the bank and line and length that he bowls is always going to pick up wickets. Um, so yeah I'd say he's my tip going forward for the next weekend brilliant thanks Will Daisy Dukes same question to you I've got to go for Hickson every single time I watch him bat it just looks like he's going to score runs and and it's going to come and I I think this is the week he's going to get some runs this week fantastic alright then keep an eye on those two Um, and looking ahead to the rest of the season as a whole 
Will, do you have any any long-term tips? Uh, yeah, from playing on Saturday, I'd definitely say Fred. I know, obviously, a lot of people uh, go for the other sibling, Max. Um, but Fred looked really good on Saturday and sort of held his own when everyone else sort of struggled to get any runs, getting 49 on a tough wicket against a good side. Uh, and obviously, he keeps as well. So there's value to be had there, I reckon. Yeah, always got good availability as well, Fred, so definitely worth a shout. <laughs> I've got a little wage on Fred outscoring Max for runs this season as well with a friend of the show, Iskander. So we'll keep an eye on how that one's progressing. Um, Lewis, who's your tip for the rest of the season? I've got to go for Mr Isaac Rolfe. I, he's just amazing to watch, Bob. He He's going to pick up plenty of wickets this season. I think I've got a, a lot to protect at the top of the wickets board there with him coming right behind me. <laughs> presumptuous there. We haven't even got to the top top wicket taker of the, of the well, season so I, far. Well, I haven't looked. <laughs> think about last week. Last week. <laughs> um, Alright, Bush, have you got anything to add for that? Any fantasy insight for our fans around the globe? Uh, no, just make sure, as Trent recommended the other week, uh, look at the team sheets. They'll generally tell you who's playing. So that's probably the best place. Yeah. Uh, and I just checked, and all, all the boys mentioned today are playing this weekend. So get them in your side. Brilliant. And you can also see our team sheets now. If you follow Plowman's Cricket on Instagram, our team sheets are going out on a weekly basis. So that's remove the need for any insider trading. Um, have a look there you'll see on Tuesday when the teams go out I think that rounds up our fantasy section so uh, we'll move on now to Matt Bolshaw's favourite part of the show any other business finally this week we are on to any other business so starting off this week with our Plowman superstitions where we pretty much go through and ask our guests whether they either have some superstitions of their own or if they can add any more detail to stuff that people have already said. So, Will, Lewis, any superstitions of your own or have you noticed something in someone else? Um, I don't have any superstitions myself, although I did find myself on Sunday morning when I was getting the tube over um, not to sit in the same seat waiting for the tube as I did on Saturday, having not got any drugs. <laughs> Um, but that's about as deep as it goes for me. I don't have any superstitions, but here's a superstition. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And Lewis, what about you? Uh, I don't have any, but I, I can comment on Hickson's superstition of not letting anyone touch his bat, and it was uh, very brave of him to ask for mine at the weekend, um, which he liked that much. He even asked what make it was after the game, and I think we might be batting with the same bat very soon. More fuel to the fire. You can't touch Hicko's bat, but he can touch yours. Yeah, right, double okay. standards so, there. Double standards. Right, uh, next one is obsessed by line and length. So anyone from the weekend who we would like to recommend for plugging away, bowling a great line and length, but not necessarily getting the results they deserve. Lewis, anyone in any of your games? I think I've got to give a shout out to uh, Tom Lockhart here, who uh, did get the... The goods in the end, he got he got his wicket, but ploughed away, and he went for five. I think he went thirteen runs off five overs, an economy of just over two. Absolutely beautiful. 
pleasure to watch. Good, nice work, Tom. And we've also got written down here that no one in the Saturday game because they bowled 40-odd extras between them. So work on that line of length, boys. We can be better than that. Right, coming on to what I think for one of our guests is the most hotly anticipated part of the show. So, Liam, can you tell us who is this year's top run scorer so far? So there's no change in the top run scorer. Uh, that's friend of the show, Max Gumpert. Yeah, nice, Max Gumpert, friend of the show, after last week's appearance. And then, Liam, do the honours and let us know who is king of the castle, who's got the most poles, who is the top wicket taker? Top wicket taker, king of the castle, is none other than new friend of the show, Lewis Wilby, Daisy Jukes. Yes, Daisy. Congratulations, mate, still at the top. Thank you very much. It's going to take some moving. <laughs> right, rattling through now. Sledge of the week this week goes to Plowman's very own Matt Shagger Hopper. Liam, talk us through this one. So Shagger's doing the scoring at this point and he's watching the over and he's commenting as, as each ball is bowled. He's kind of commenting that that's not a great ball and it's a dot ball. Um, then after five, he makes the comment, those are five of the worst dot balls I've ever seen. <laughs> Followed up with, oh no, not, not another dot. I feel sick of writing the letter M in the scorebook. <laughs> <laughs> Hopper, the angry scorer there. Good, right. Not Who easy to please, the big Aussie quick. No, never easy to please. Right, who said it this week? Who said it is, of course, our quote from the weekend that we give you no context and we ask you, if you would like to, to email in hello at ploughmancc.com and guess who you think said it. So, Liam, this week's who said it is? I want to bat in my baggie, but I don't have the balls. There we go. Definitely one of our new recruits who received their baggy blue and gold cap at the weekend. Right, so uh, next we've got new players. We've got quite a few this week. A um, few people finally getting their subs in. So, Liam, I think we've got five to do. Do you want to give them a shout-out? Yeah, so the summer uh, did play a few games for us at the end of last season. Um, we've become official new members and then some who've joined us this season. So we've got Isaac, welcome aboard. Uh, Chris Butlin, who was mentioned earlier in the show, welcome. We've got Archie, who's obviously been around for a little while. Well done, mate. Welcome. And then we've also got new friend of the show, Will. Welcome to Plowman. <laughs> Thank you. Cheers for having me. <laughs> and then we've also got another new friend of the show, Lewis. Finally got those subs in. Welcome, lads. <laughs> what what good timing. Um, so that's great. Shout out to the new players. Um, if you haven't done so yet, get in touch with Nick Ridgway and work out your membership for this season. Um, right, we've got a couple of bits of correspondence in this week. And first up, we're going to hear from best friend of the show, Ainsley Jameson. Will, what's Ainsley saying this week? Yeah, so he's emailed in saying, Good day, brothers of the plough from a very cold Queensland morning currently 14 degrees and only getting to a brisk 19 degrees after lunch jumpers all round. 
I see on Facebook the big T-Rex has come out of extinction with uh, with a Michelle I could have used that a few weeks ago. <laughs> also, I see a fellow Queenslander getting a ton. Makes my maroon heart swell. I'm aware everyone is getting their COVID jabs. Obviously, the two mentioned above got the Astra... Oh, Astra Cricketer. Very good. Plow on. <laughs> P.S. Molly Ducker pronounced Molly Duca is a left-handed batsman. Ainsley. Nice. That's Ainsley clearing up me not knowing what a Molly Ducker was last weekend. Giving us his own, uh, giving us his own jokes. Ainsley, best friend of the show. That's absolutely brilliant. Thanks very much, mate. Moving on to the quiche, we've got another email in here from League Captain James Tisato. Lewis, please tell us what he said. Uh, of course I can. The subject of this email is a quiche. So, <laughs> settle in, guys. <laughs> Talking about the subjects that matter. Evening, lads. Hannah has finally worked her way through the last few weeks of our podcast and mentioned your interest in my choice of quiche. I generally go for a mushroom and caramelised onion number from Gales, frequently partnered with their beetroot, lentil and goat's cheese salad. Both are delicious, (laughs) apparently. (laughs) I'd be keen to hear more from Hector on on his ideal quiche choice, given he told me on Saturday Gales was rubbish. He must have some more artistic... Artisanal. Artisanal. Wow, complicated (laughs) words, that is. He must have some more artisanal option that he could recommend to us all. Your quiche-eating skipper in isolation under the tree, Tiz. So there's lots to unpack here. Brilliant Tiz. Great to hear from the skipper. Thanks, Tiz, for emailing it. Great to hear from the skipper via the medium of his wife, though, because <laughs> she had to tell him that he was required to email in. Yeah, he doesn't. Then the something. second thing is he- Hector just slagging off uh, sort of own brand coffee shops or sort of generic brand coffee shops and trying to promote his own. <laughs> and then finally, <laughs> the final thing here is I really, really panicked when I read it because it looks like he signed it off saying skipper in isolation. And I definitely thought he'd caught COVID and wasn't going to be around for the next few weeks, but he just means he was sat under a tree by himself eating quiche, which was a bit of a relief when I reread it. Yeah. It's, a, it's a high quality choice. I, I'd expect nothing less from, from Tiss. He's, he's a cultured individual, but mushroom and caramelised onion partnered with beetroot, lentil and goat cheese. That does sound delicious. Yeah, always good to hear from the skipper who actually emailed in off his work email, data science engineering lead. So, Tiz, glad we've got your work email now. We'll uh, make sure we bombard you throughout the week. <laughs> uh, lads, what's your favourite quiche? Oh, uh, g- good question. Um, I'd probably have to go for probably just standard ham and cheese. I don't think there's too oh, I was far gonna say ham wrong and cheese, you can go yeah. there. Just bog standard, does a job. Quiche Lorraine. Good stuff. Basic. If it, yeah. ain't, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. <laughs> I think I was going to have to go for the same as well. Has to be M&S though. Only the best ham and cheese. Oof. Talking of that, actually, Lewis, you've got to mention what you had for your tea on Saturday. I forgot about this because this is weird. <laughs> I think it's perfectly normal to crack open a cold tin of tomato soup 
for lunch. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> Straight out of the tin, cut out the middleman. No need for heat, no need for spoon or mug. Gone. A, a, a gazpacho, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> This is why it's good to have guests on, because we'd never have known that Lewis drinks yeah, cold tomato soup. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Um, Bush. I think that's everything. Bush, though. what's coming up? Anything else? What's coming everything? up? What's coming up? So this weekend, league skipper and quiche extraordinaire, James Tissato takes the league side to play against Wandsworth away. There's also another Saturday 2nd 11 game at Lee CC, which is a new fixture, but looks a pretty good one out in the Surrey countryside. And then on Sunday, we've got regular fixture against Northfields over in West London, where Simon Carson takes a, uh, a team of maestros. And then finally, uh, Leon Parks, who's featured a lot this week, takes a good-looking, very handsome side down to Banstead on Sunday afternoon. So that's what we've got coming up next week. Ace. Keep your eyes out yeah. on the selection emails. Keep your eyes out on the uh, on the Instagram pages for our team selections. Thanks for tuning in to, to all our listeners, to the Thanks for Coming, a podcast about cricket tees. Uh, if anyone's interested... My my choice of quiche, unlike these basic bitches, is uh, <laughs> roast butternut squash, feta, and leek. And uh, wow. yeah, I can make a serious one of them as well. That that should be our. Uh, we should do an end of season live show and have some quiches along. <laughs> I will hold you to that, and I will. Um, right, good. I think that's everything for this week. So, wrapping up, Will Stevens. Thanks for coming. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Daisy Duke, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, lads. Liam Gray, thanks for coming. Cheers, Bush. And thank you very much to Tom Lane, who will be pulling this all together and we'll have to go through what was a crazy hour or so of nonsense. And thanks to everyone who's listening. Please remember to email in hello at ploughmancc.com. Good luck to everyone playing this weekend and we'll see you soon. Thanks for coming. This is Shane Warne, make sure you plough on. Stuart Plowman CC, plough on guys, thank you much. Uh, we didn't win the link by accident, we did that by design, it was very much planned. I'll just try to get it in the right spot really and see what happens. You said to me, mate, I really think you should put your lid on. Next ball, bowl me a bouncer, we went for six. So. <laughs> this, this club is beyond cricket. Plowman's cricket is the greatest club in the world. Oh!